0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have White Stones. They have a new album called Dancing into Oblivion, which released on August 27th via Nuclear Blast Records. Right now, I'm being joined by Martin to share some more information about this release, as well as what the band has got going on. So, Martin, welcome to the
1: show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great to have you on. I'm digging the tracks. I'm digging what I'm hearing. My first question is a broad stroke question. It's Dancing Into Oblivion. Tell us about this album. What went into crafting this album, or, and or, what did you guys intend to create with this album?
1: Well, uh, it's just an album, really. (laughs) Uh, This album, I started writing the music uh, pretty much the week after we released the first album, Quarahi. Uh, and that was the same week as the lockdown started. Uh, so, I mean, I kind of understood that I will be home for a while, so I took advantage of this time to create this album. Uh, if we will be in normal times, I will be on tour with Opeth. So so that was the reason, because I had so much uh, time off and then I wanted to to make this record because it would keep my my mind busy in a way keep me sane and uh, and I I'm very glad that I took advantage of this weird and bad times to create the album I mean, it's, I'm happy for
0: that yeah yeah. You mentioned something super important during this time, which is, you know, keeping me busy, keeping me sane. And mm. silly question, Martin, did it work? Did it keep you sane during this crazy time?
1: Yes, it did. Um I'm a guy that need to have some projects in mind uh, to to be as good as I can. And that was not an exception uh, for me to having this project in mind during all this year. It was perfect because i was focused on the music all the time of course it was my family but uh, otherwise i was focusing on the music and and that's that's something i i enjoy being busy with music now so it was good for me
0: yeah now you mentioned that it was obviously done during uh lockdown time did that change the creative process at all for you
1: i guess it did in some in some way and um, you know, when you're writing music, it's pretty much uh, emotions you have in your body and and then you you put sounds while, um, on what you are feeling. Uh, so I guess it did, in a way. Um, it helped me to create these kind of dark sounds. I like when music uh, has these emotions, dark emotions, in a way. So it did help in that sense, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Would you say say then that uh some of the themes then are dare I say pandemic related?
1: It's not about the pandemic at all. But uh, I mean the emotions I had in in my body, yes. I mean uh I remember in the beginning of the of the pandemic, I mean nothing was clear, it was a bit terrifying the news. Um and all that. I mean, if you do music, you can almost uh, feel it in the music. Uh, these feelings, you know, these emotions. So yes, I guess it did help me to to get inspired, at least, uh, to write the music.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, I, you know, the funny thing is, I was just listening again to the tracks before we jumped on the call to refresh myself, and uh, especially New Age of Dark. I think I'm definitely picking up a lot of that. Uh, uh, chaos.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the heaviest song in the album. Um, it's the, the first song. And yes, I mean, I think it, it represents good, the, 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 the feeling of what you will hit on the rest of the album.
0: Yeah. You mentioned it's the heaviest song, it's the fastest song. Uh, did that just happen? Or is that something that you set out
1: to do? It just happened, really. Uh, when I was writing the songs, uh, I think that was the first song I, I wrote, actually, uh, New Age of Dark. Uh, but I didn't have any idea. The only, the only thing I had in mind uh, when I started writing the the music was to to have these interludes in in between the heavy songs, uh, the more calm interludes, uh, to create some kind of nice dynamic or atmosphere. Uh, for the listener, uh, when you listen from start to end. So that was the only thing I have in mind. And this time I I kind of like the idea to to make the music a little bit more technical, a little bit more complex, the songwriting compared to the first album. And um, but that that was it pretty much. The rest kind of came came back in the flow, you know.
0: Yeah, that was actually gonna be there's a couple of, of follow-up questions I was gonna have there, Martin, that you touched on was um, you know, since you started immediately writing after the first album, were there any breadcrumbs? I like to call them breadcrumbs. Uh, you know, from the first album, maybe some songs that were kicking around um or some attitudes from that album, but it sounds like New Age of Dark was you, know, you said the first song that was written, you wanted to go more technical and complex. Um did New Age of Dark then set a bit of the tone for the record or did you just let the process be until the end of the writing? <sighs>
1: No, I just let the process be to the end because uh, as I say I kind of I just was I was writing what I like to write in the, in the moment really I didn't plan much so every song I guess is a bit different from each other but at the same time I guess you can hear it's the same band and so I think every song is a bit different in a way uh, but um, but yeah I think it fits. Well, in, in in the album, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Something else you mentioned was a dynamic, uh, and a lot of dynamics and atmosphere uh, for the listener. And one of the things I I read was that the influences for this album range all the way from John Coltrane to DSide.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's pretty much what I listen to, you know. So when people ask me the influences I got for the album, it's pretty much what I've been listening to. It, that's true. I mean, I, I listen a lot to jazz, and especially Coltrane this year, I kind of uh, was listening to a lot. Uh, but then New Age of Dark, actually, when I was, before I started writing this song, I was listening to this side, and then I got inspired, and then I started writing the song. It's not that, that, I mean, it's not, it doesn't sound like this, I maybe. Uh, maybe just a little bit, but uh, the influences are there. Uh, and the same with the song Chain of Command. I was listening to Coltrane, uh, the song called Gold Coast. And also, I got inspired right away, right away, so I took up the guitar, and then I pretty much came up with the theme of the song, at least, the, the, the Skeletor. So, so, yeah, I mean, the influences are there, but it's nothing obvious in the music, for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. What is it about Coltrane that inspires you, dude? Do you have any other jazz classic favorites?
1: Well, I mean, I love Mice Davis, uh, Weather Report, and Jacob Pastorius. And I love a lot of stuff. Jan yeah, some from Sweden as well. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff I like, yeah.
0: mm mm-hmm. Cool beans. I'm just looking up some coltrane info at the moment make sure i get it all right i thought he was a sax player and that is correct yeah groovy okay uh chain of command you mentioned uh that one was coltrane influenced i just kind of want to jump on the coltrane train for a little bit if that's cool mm. um chain of command what was it about coltrane that influenced this one was it like a a, a melodic thing
1: well I got inspired with the intro if you heard the intro from Chain of Command you, if you know the song God Coast from Coltrane you will recognize some some tones there mm-hmm. but uh, the rest I got influenced maybe the emotions I get when I listen to Coltrane you know because as I say it's nothing, it's nothing obvious I'm not doing jazz uh, it's completely the opposite maybe uh, what I'm doing so but I think it's what I get inspired is, is the emotions, I guess. Uh, when I listen to the music, I, I like to to have this, uh, I don't know, I, I call it like more earthy or uh, melancholic kind of sound sometimes, you know, and, and that's what I I guess influenced me to, to put in my music. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Lyrically, I know musically you mentioned some dark emotions. Lyrically, um, for the vocals, what sort of themes are going on? Do you know?
1: Well, this time it was Eloy, the singer, who made all the lyrics. Um, but um, I, I don't think I'm the right guy to, to to explain deep what they're talking about. But I think it's pretty much uh, like the same as the first album. It's about a bit society. Um, um, but it's, it's mostly like... A, um, Looking from upside, you know, and then having um, how society reacts, for example for for this strange period we have in the past uh, year and a half um, they can talk about that you know mm-hmm. a little bit,
0: yeah, definitely a dance into oblivion it has been, I'll tell you that, Martin,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess the only thing you can do is dance into oblivion with this one. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Groovy. Now, something I have noted here uh, is you wrote and recorded all the bass and all the guitars. Other than the guitar solos, that would be Joao, correct?
1: Yes, correct.
0: How do you approach writing bass and guitar? Do you get into a different mindset for each one?
1: It's different. When I write in the songs, usually I do it with the guitars. And then I compose the bass. Well, and I have pretty much guitars and drums done, so I take the bass foot and actually to the end, you know, when I record in, in the studio, is the last thing I do, uh, because uh, the drums might change a little bit from what I done in the demos, uh, so I I like to adapt the, the bass to the drums and and some some things that might adjust uh, with the guitars as well in the studio, you know? so. I leave it to the end. So guitars for me is more to, to write the songs, you know, to start to write the songs.
0: Now, when you write on the guitar, is it like a campfire song? Do you do an acoustic thing and then flesh it out from there?
1: Depends. Sometimes I pick up the acoustic and then I get a, an idea and then I go to the electric, but usually I, I start uh, either with a riff or with a drum and beat, whatever it is and then I start, I start uh, playing around uh, with a beat or with that riff, you know. So it depends, really.
0: Yeah. Now you mentioned doing the bass to the drums. What are you looking for in, in general? Do you like just locking in with the kick drum or what in general as a bass player are you looking to do with the drums?
1: Well, in a, in a way, yes. Uh, bass and drums, I think... To, to always be kind of the, the together, you know. But uh, also, I like to to maybe uh, reinforce some melodies sometimes, you know, to uh, um, and play some melodic uh, lines as well in the bass. So it depends. But of course, the the bass is, for me is is in the, kind of independent uh, instrument uh, compared to what you hear in, in like in metal you know metal bass usually goes behind the guitars doing the pretty much the same and and i i always try to to play the role as a bass player you know and then and that means to to go with the drums and then respecting the melodies but playing some melodies as well but, mm-hmm. yeah
0: Yeah, because you could treat this more as like a power trio,
1: in a way. Yeah, it is pretty much a power trio. It is is two guitars, but yes.
0: Mm -hmm. Cool. Now, when it comes to the sounds that we're hearing, I mean, it's pretty killer sounds. Um, What went into crafting the guitar tones and the bass tones? Like, what kind of equipment are you using?
1: For the guitars, uh, for both albums, I use the same guitar It's a friend, the Stratocaster, single coil. Mm um that's maybe not the most common thing in death metal in metal <laughs> uh, but i really like <laughs> the, the tone and i use just a tiny bit of distortion also um and that's something i had in mind from the beginning as well uh, when it comes to to the sound because i try to set up the sound right away in the studio and it, well but i place pretty much what you hear in the, in the album mm-hmm. um and I think it gives the music, it's more earthy in a way, it's more, for me, it's, it gives a more dark tone, when you use less distortion, and, and I use this uh, this guitar in particular, mm-hmm. um, and that's something I like, I like to hear the, the tone, I like to hear the fingers, you know, if you put a lot of distortions, it's a wall of distortion, you pretty much don't hear who's playing. Right. Uh, so that's something I had in mind in the beginning, and then I use the bass um, pretty loud in the music, but it's, it's, the sound is pretty fat and distorted as well. So it kind of gives you the the the, the heaviness in the music. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the combination I I use for both albums.
0: That's cool. I mean, for anybody listening in right now, any guitar players who think that their Fender Strat can't do it, just go back and listen to this record. <laughs> and know that it's most certainly can do it (laughs) i dig that that's cool uh yeah sweet so we chatted about keeping sane during the pandemic we chatted about harvesting those dark emotions in the body and turning it into a dance into oblivion we chatted about um you know listening to deicide and then picking up that fender strat and just going to town uh john coltrane uh what else we chat about what else we chat about? We chat a lot about a lot of stuff. Chain of Command is a track that has a, a video for it. New Age of Dark is a track that has a video for it. And those will be available in today's show notes. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you're listening on Spotify, you're watching on YouTube, you're watching on the website, the therockmodalpodcast.ca, you can go ahead and click on the link to check out Whitestone's Facebook page, the music videos for Chain of Command, New Age of Dark. And yeah. Is there anything that we missed? Anything management wanted us to hit that I missed, Martin?
1: I think it's been good, man.
0: Sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Model podcast today, Martin.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.